So let's go to the book of Jude, chapter four. For those of you again that are joining online, uh, I'm going to share my screen so you all can see the scriptures on tonight. Uh, if not, I hope you have your own Bibles because one of the benefits of having your own Bible, you're able to um, you're able to use your highlighter and, and mark up words and all those different things. I want to talk tonight: contending for the faith in a post-pandemic world. All right, contending for the faith in a post-pandemic world. Um, I need you really to hear me when I say this. It'd be awesome. I, I don't want you in about 20 minutes to say, good gracious, I wish I'd had brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, or my uncle, my cousin, my coworker. Man, I wish my brother would have heard this. Listen, really, really, really quick. Again, send him a text, right? You got to sneak over a real quick phone call, send him a real quick call. Listen, get on Facebook Live. I want to deal with some things tonight. In fact, let me just kind of go to the heart of this. I'm concerned about people backsliding in this season. I'm more than concerned because I'm talking with people, people who've walked with the Lord for years, people who have served in church, people who have been in leadership, people who have had titles. Um, and, and, and just to be quite frank, some of them are no longer walking with the Lord and they're proud about it. They're proud of not being considered a, a, a church member or a Christian. Um, some of them just feel like it is organized religion and a systematic religion. And me and God got this thing going on. He understands. And, you know, I've heard it more than once. I've heard it more than twice. I've heard it more than three times. And people who once were elders are no longer, you know, self-admittedly walking with the Lord. And, and it concerns me. On top of that, you know, I believe that because of quarantine, uh, because of isolation, because of, of distancing of one from another, people are struggling. People are seeping back into bad habits. People are finding themselves in no man's land. Um, I'm concerned about black Hebrewism. I'm concerned about people venturing off into uh, seducing spirits and, and, and doctrines of demons, teachings of devils. And so I'm gonna reach out to a very dear friend of mine who's an expert on, on Hebrewism, black Hebrewism to be exact, and some of the um, misnomers, some of the misconceptions, some of the uh, uh, alluring that, that, that cultic spirit uh, particularly impacts in the black community. And I'm, I'm praying that hopefully within the next two or three weeks, we'll be able to highlight a, a Thursday night, maybe maybe even a Friday or Saturday. I think it might even make for a good men's meeting discussion soon. But we want to go to the heart of, I think, one of the biggest uh, attacks in the black community. <clears throat> and again, that, that's black Hebrewism. Uh, somewhere the fact that there's this argument that, um, you know, we serve a white man's religion. That, that Jesus was black with Jerry Curl and had cheese shells hanging out of his, tweet, his dreads, uh, you know, that, that we are the original tribes of Israel. Therefore, the modern day Jewish nation is extinct and should be extinct because we are the original tribe. There is a lot of anti-Semitic foolishness with that type of subscription uh, and teaching. Yes, there is some Jewishness and some rootedness of our Judeo-Christianity, but when we take it a step further, when there, it is aligned with, with hate and lined with, with bitterness and jealousy and envy and competition, I think it's ever time for us to cry loud and despair not. So with those things being said, let's talk tonight about contending for the faith in a post-pandemic world, all right? Contending for the faith in a post-pandemic world. We're not quite in a post-pandemic world yet. My prayer and your prayer, our prayer, is that one day we will be soon in a post-pandemic world. One thing's for sure, the church will never be the same. How we did church, 
how we went to church, how we had church, it will never be the same. It will never be the same. In fact, I'm not convinced that we will majorly gather as a church physically, probably for another six months. Um, and that, that's, that's on average across the country, especially uh, in the North. Now, Jude 4, excuse me, Jude verse 1 through 4. Again, one chapter only, Jude 1 through 4. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Christ Jesus. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Uh, dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was all once or that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Let me read that last verse again. I felt that I had to write and urge you. I have an ambition. Jude had an ambition. I want to write you. And I really want to urge you to contend, a very interesting word there, contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted or delivered to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about a long time ago, well, they secretly have slipped in among you. I think your version might say they have crept in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality. And they deny Jesus Christ, our only, our only, listen, our only sovereign Lord. Tonight, continuing for the faith in a post-pandemic world. Why post-pandemic world? Because if these past 10, 11 months has worn out, stretched out, challenged the very elect, What's going to happen when there are more imposed sanctions or distancing on what we always knew as fellowship, koinonia, um, being together, being one accord, being like-minded, being accountable, being responsible, covering one another, ministering to one, one another. The Bible says that a friend or brother, uh, a friend is made for the day adversity. A, a brother is made for the day of adversity. But if, if we don't have cohesion and congruency as a body together consistently, how are we to stand the test of time? How are we to continue in the, 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 the temptations and the challenges and the obstacles that we face in our own space and in our own world? Uh, scholars suggest that Jude pins his letter to the saints some 60 to 80 years after, after the death the burial and the resurrection of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Very interesting now. Jude is considered a half-brother of Jesus, but, but he didn't emphasize that. Jude is a half-brother of Jesus, step-brother, I guess we could call it, but he didn't really talk about all of that. You know why? He wants to be known as the bond servant. He wants to be known as the one who is chained with the, the Christ, the, 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 uh, with Jesus, uh, the Christ. But here, here's what he said. He says, beloved, I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation. You know, and I wanted to talk about the things that we have in common as we've all made Jesus our Lord and as we blissfully and lovingly and gracefully wander into the things of salvation. But I had to take a sidestep. I had to pivot because what was more important is that you hang on for dear life. And maybe that's my message to every one of you all tonight on this Zoom and those beyond with Facebook Live and Instagram and those who will see this archive Bible study. You got to do whatever you need to do to hang on for dear life. This has not been easy. 
The Bible says that the very elect, even those who are Holy Ghost filled, saved, sanctified, speaking tongues 20 hours out of the out of the day. I mean, don't sin, don't do nothing wrong. I mean, just, you know, they're, they're, they're the reincarnated Anna the prophetess and, you know, there's Simeon who stays in the temple. You know, even some of the most holy folk in the world, even the Bible says even they, even the elect's sake, if we're not careful, would be fooled. The love of many have waxed cold. So it's not been easy. And it has been a challenge for many of you all. So I contend, I, 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 I encourage you, and I urge you to contend for the faith. Real quick, the entire book of Jude, again, it's a small book, but it really can be summarized in three basic chapters. Check this out. Number one, we see the ambition for Jude's letter. Then there's the argument for Jude's letter. And then finally, some answers are provided for the saints uh, uh, and, and that we find in Jude's letter. I want to talk a little bit about apostasy. I'm going to stop sharing my screen just for a few moments here because I think it's important that you all understand why we deal with apostasy, why that is so important in a time like this. Again, um, I'm just starting to see a trend here, brothers. Mm. I'm starting to see a trend, my sisters, that there are people who once walked with the Lord who've decided to no longer walk with the Lord. Now, we're not talking about struggling. We're not talking about going through as we like to call it in the church. We're not talking about having some, some, some lowly bar moments. These are people who said, you know what? My time is up. I'm out, I'm through. I'm no longer want to be considered a Christian. They've got their own thing going, whether it's another religion, a cult, a practice, uh, uh, what I call meology, it's all about me now. It's self-centered, selfish world, and it evolves around us. And now that has permeated into the church, apostasy. It means to revolt against, to renounce the faith. You know, yeah, I've struggled with my, my, my Christian life before. That's no secret. You, you probably had seasons or moments where you struggled in your flesh or struggled in your faith or struggled in your belief. But I, I, I can't phantom the thought of renouncing Christianity. I can't. You've gone through some divorce. You've gone through premature death with loved ones. You've gone through sicknesses and illnesses. You've had your seasons where you've struggled. And you, let's just be straight about it. You, you've gone through. And some of those seasons were just a few days. Some were a few weeks. Some were a few years. But you wasn't about to throw in the towel with God. You realize that whatever foolishness I'm in, it ain't got nothing to do with God. I made these decisions. I caused these issues. I've caused this pain. I'm struggling in this area, right? But to, but to boldly just say, I'm no longer a Christian, I, I don't believe that Jesus is really Lord. All this is man-made scientific religion. They renounce the faith, abandon the faith. You know, I hate to admit this, but gosh, 70, what? 70% 70 of Christians, quote unquote, today believe that there are many religions that lead to God. What in the devil Bible are you reading? Where scripture can you find that out? That is nothing but classical polytheism. There are many gods. You're no different than the, 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 the children of Israel before Moses and before Abraham. Abraham was a Bedouin who comes on the scene out of a, a land in a region of serving many gods, right? And so God institutes a covenant with Israel and said, Israel, oh Israel, hear, I am the Lord thy God, the one God. You don't have to serve the Baal gods. You don't have to look to the hills from what's coming to your help. No, no, your help comes from beyond the hills right 
These are things that you really need to really think through as we talk about so-called so uh, serving gods and other gods and all those other different things. Very important tonight, very important tonight. And so Jude wants you and I, excuse me, to contend for the faith, to keep pressing, to keep walking with the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter four, and, and I just wanna read the first few verses of scripture. In fact, this is my little personal private area of Bible study uh, in this season of my life. But the Bible says, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some, not all, but some would depart from the faith. How? Very interesting. How will they depart from the faith? How will they begin this matriculation of apostasy? Here's how Paul says, number one, by giving heed to deceiving spirits. There is deception, deceiving spirits. Okay, in other words, these are influences. These are chariots from hell that get in your head that woo your eyes, that are appealing, that are attractive, that are appeasing, and they've come to deceive you. In other words, it's not just a lock, stock, and a shut case, but a little alluring, uh, 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 right? A little seduction, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then on top of that, there are doctrines of demons, doctrines or teachings that comes from the devil. And this is why I wanted to highlight particularly Black Hebrewism. Because I think someone in all of our families, we probably, probably could touch somebody who's struggling with Black Hebrewism. You know, whether they call themselves a philosophical tribe, the original tribe of Israel, um, you know, they wanna change their name. To me, it's really no different than a, a splinter of the five percenters, another splinter of the nation of Islam. You know, it, 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 unfortunately, let me say this closely, unfortunately, it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's a perfect storm in the black community because as the black church, we, we've not done the best job reaching in particular these young men. You know, the, the Muslims can get on the street corner with a bean pie and a bow tie and sell, uh, and sell uh, bean pies and, and sell the, the Quran, or not Quran, but the uh, final call and make a couple of bucks in, in, in 110 degree weather in a full suit. Uh, they are going oftentimes into the, the, the deepest of the hood, the deepest of the ghettos and reaching young people. Whereas in the church, we're just kind of known because of Hollywood and because of Showtime as this uh, over sensational, emotional group of choir, choir singers and preachers and people having a good Sunday morning time. But we're not in those same neighborhoods. We're not in those same cracks and crevices of the roughest parts of our areas, right? And, and we're preaching this beautiful message and on our walls is this beautiful picture of a white Jesus with blushy uh, face and long blonde hair and pretty blue eyes. And we're saying, you know, we're singing the old songs of Zion and somewhere or another, we, we, we've not connected the true relevant authenticity of the gospel with a relevant need of black folk today. And so because of that, there's a big disconnect and it opens doors for the nation of Islam, for the Muslims, for the five percenters, for the black Hebrews, because uh, inside of every man's heart, there's a God-shaped boy, remember that. Inside of every man's heart, there's a God-shaped boy. So we're searching and we're longing and we want something, but yet we allow people to say, oh, it's a white man's religion, Jesus was white, Listen, I don't care if it was plaid, polka dot, and paisley with purple, green, and teal. His blood was red. His blood 
was crimson red. Doesn't matter to me if it was a white man on the cross, a black man, a brown man, a yellow man, a red. Doesn't matter to me. What matters is his blood was shed for my sins and his blood was shed for your sins. Now, let me just read this real quick. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to find a, a part two in all of this because I won't be able to preach all of this tonight. But the Bible says that these doctrines, these teachings of the devil would, 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 would be laced with lies of hypocrisy. Lies of hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with and hot iron. Once again, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, let's just stop for a moment and think about this. What are we really getting at? What are we really getting at when we hear these scriptures? Friends, contend for the faith. Be careful of apostasy. And let me just remind every one of you all, when someone denounces the faith, when someone walks away, they just didn't wake up one night and decide to walk. It was a little bit of progression. What do you mean, Dr. Stevens? Well, progression simply is this. Well, uh, what, what do we see here? Well, number one, you, you, you see people abandoning, let me just say it this way, they're, follow, they're, they're leaving the fellowship of the believers. And that's what concerns me about this pandemic. That's what concerns me about all this social distancing and all of this uh, social awareness. You know, we may have to distance from one another, but it did not mean we needed distance from the Lord. We may have to honor the six foot rule, right? Uh, but, but, but there was no rule to not honor our, our walk with God. And so the Bible reminds us in Hebrews 10, 25 to be exact, let us not give up meeting together. And I applaud every one of you for meeting online. I know we can't be in the sanctuary on a Thursday night. Oh, I wish we could have this wonderful array of Bible study in person, but that's just not wise in this season. So thank you so very much for carving out time in your busy, busy, busy schedules to join us on Zoom and Facebook Live and all of the different uh, virtual uh, spaces here. So do not give up meeting together as some have gotten in the habit of doing. Here was, here's what the Bible says, but let us encourage one another. One of the most beautiful things about coming to church on Sundays, thank God for the worship and the word and the giving, but and just to hug one another. To see each other in the foyer and high five one another. To talk in the parking lot. Church been over since 12 noon. You in the parking lot, it's 135. You still talking about whatever, whatever it is that it's to talk about. That's fellowship. You're encouraging one another. Number two, it's a falling away of core convictions. What do you mean by that? Things that you once believed because of scripture, you no longer have a conviction with, right? You once believed that certain areas, uh, I'll give an example. Um, the LGBTQ community, there was a time when you believed that man and only woman could marry. And you were uh, proud to have said that now. You're kind of feeling, well, you know what? Hey, leave them alone. If they love each other, but let them get married. Well, we're going to have a problem with that when it comes to procreation. Oh, we'll just let them adopt the child. We're going to have a problem with that when that child does not grow up with a healthy man and a healthy woman as his example or her example as they matriculate uh, together. You, you, no, you, you no longer believe in that. You know, um, you know, you, you believe that at one time in the sanctity of life, you believe that a baby should have the right to live. And you know, hey, if mom didn't want the baby, there'll be a loving, uh, very worthy, adoptable set of parents that would love to have that baby. But now, hey, I understand, you know, it's healthcare and Planned Parenthood and money in the hood, but well, let's just end that baby's life. Your, your convictions have changed. Used to be a time you believed that sex outside of marriage was not the will of uh, was the will of was not the will of God. But now, hey, you know what? It's the 2020s and 21 and okay, whatever goes goes. God just understand. I believe in grace. No, that's hyper grace, and hyper grace is not grace, right? That's your set of rules, 
right? And so now you've fallen away from those four uh, beliefs. I want to talk next week about universalism and the gospel of inclusion. You know what the gospel of inclusion is? The gospel according to me. What I say goes, not the word of God, it's how I feel. I heard some young millennials say the other day, uh, she, so on my son's, uh, on my son's Matthew's uh, Instagram feed, she said, God told us to guard our hearts, not follow our hearts. I said, whoa, listen, listen to this little millennial chick. She said, God has called us to guard our hearts, not follow our hearts. She must have been reading the Bible because the Bible says that the heart is wicked and above all deceitful, right? Oh boy. But then there's universalism. Bible talks about a heresy for many churches that eventually everybody's gonna be saved. Everybody's gonna be saved. And with this COVID-19 season, and so many people unfortunately have died. I mean, we, I mean, uh, everybody going to heaven. Ain't nobody going to hell. And if that's the case, that's gonna that's gonna send some cross-dualistic and duplicit messages to our young people when we ask them to live right and live according to the Bible. We got some challenges. Got some problems. Galatians 1 and 8 says this, and my time is up. But even if we or any other angel from heaven preach any other gospel other than what you have preached or we have preached to you, <clears throat> let him be a curse. Let him be a curse. You remember when Jesus told Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, Simon, Peter, that is, I I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Now you may fail, Peter. Gosh. Yeah, Peter, you may you may have said some some words that were not biblical words. You may have had some 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 rage and some temper and some anger management issues. Peter, you may have had some moments, and you know what? And there's a Peter and all of us. We may have failed, but your faith. I don't want that to fall because if your faith fails. You're done. You're complete. You're through. He said, but Peter, I prayed for you. Not only have I prayed for you, when you return from your fallings, I want you to go back and strengthen the brethren. Go back and strengthen the brethren. Friends, my time is up tonight. I could go on and on and on and on. We'll just have to put a fork in the road right here, and maybe we'll be able to pick up at another time. I need to encourage every one of you all to contend for the faith. I really need to encourage you all to encourage one another. I want to encourage you all, stay in the word of God. Stay on your mended knees. Stay living holy. Stay living right. Stay repented. Stay broken before the Lord. Because in this season, there are many people who are falling away. Some who are arrogantly getting to a point where, you know what? I'm good. What do you mean you're good? What about the gospel? I had a conversation recently and I said, listen, We've been talking all this time, but it's all about you. I hear a lot of me, a lot of you, a lot of eyes, a lot of this, but I don't hear anything about the gospel. We don't hear anything about Jesus. What does Jesus say about all of this? What is the Lord? Oh, you know, me and the man upstairs, we good. Well, I don't think so. And I'm not about to aid in a bed and your, and, and, and your uh, uh, seduction and you being delusion. The word of God is right all by itself. I'm not gonna be condemning. I'm not gonna hate on you. They think I'm gonna love you. And let you know Christ has a plan for your life and his blood was shed for you. Don't let nobody shice to get in your ear and tell you uh, Jesus ain't Lord. Don't let anybody get in your ear and tell you that Christianity is not the will of God, right? And so friends, we have work to do. And I wanna encourage every one of you in this post-pandemic world soon to, be, soon to come to contend for the faith, to walk with the Lord. Let's pray.